Hey, this is Jem Jackson, and welcome to this new episode of the I'm Still Standing podcast. Hi, friends. This episode is the second main session from our first I'm Still Standing Women's Retreat. As promised, we'll be sharing all three main sessions here on our podcast. It was an honor and a privilege to invite my friend and sister in purpose to speak. Minister Donna Phillip is an anointed woman of God that is ordained to cause a shaking in the earth for the glory of Jesus Christ. Her message is titled, Is There No Bomb in Gilead? This episode has been sponsored by I'm Still Standing Incorporated. And there is no one that can be compared to our God tonight. So we give him glory And we give him all the praise because he is worthy. Glory be to God. I just want to bless God tonight. Praise God for this privilege and this opportunity. I am humbled. Bless God for this opportunity to stand before the daughters of Zion. Praise God and proclaim thus saith the Lord. Praise God. And I just want to bless God for the founder, the visioner, praise God, my purpose-driven sister, one of my purpose-driven sisters, Jem, praise God. If you could just stretch your hands to her and just say, bless her, Jesus, because this is only the beginning. Bless her, Jesus, one more time. Open your mouth and pronounce the blessing. Bless her, Jesus, because this is only the beginning. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, praise God and Jem has been such an inspiration to me. Praise God, when I think of Jem, I think of hashtag obedience goal. (laughs) Because she has such a heart of obedience when it comes to the things of God. And there's no murmuring, there's no complaining. If God says it, she's going to do it. And that is just something I so greatly admire and something that inspires me. Praise God. And I just want to acknowledge, praise God, Pastor Sharon in the house. God bless you, woman of God. Bless God. I want to acknowledge the worship leaders and all the, the guest speakers for every, every session that we've had and the ones that we're about to have. God bless you. Praise God. May the anointing of God continue to flow in this place. I acknowledge the women who are here. Bless God for your bravery. Praise God. Bless God for your bravery. You've stepped out and you are here and may the windows of heaven just open. Praise God upon you in Jesus' name. And I also want to bless God for my church family and my blood family. If you're here from Faith United Ministries, can you just raise your hand? Wave it high. Bless God. Bless God. I am so privileged and humbled to be a part of this great ministry, Faith United Ministries. And tonight I have my mom. I have my gorgeous sister my church sisters, my church mother, dear friend, adopted family member, praise God. And I just, I just am so grateful for them and for all the love and support that they give all the time. Amen? Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise God. And you know, one thing I think is so awesome about us gathering here in this way is that nobody's here to play games. Nobody's here to play games. You haven't left your house, left your job, left your children, your husband to come here and to leave the same way. 
There is something that happens when women gather and they're not about the games. We're not here to look cute. We're not here to, to you know, just, just spend a little time away. We are here for divine encounter. And there is nothing that cannot happen when our hearts are in one accord and our determination is to touch the hem of his garment. There is something about the gathering, glory be to God, of women that are in one place with one accord. Don't leave here without what you came here for. It would have been a waste of time because the anointing has been in the house. Deliverance has been taking place. Don't leave here the same way that you came. Amen? Bless God. We're going to go to the scripture tonight and it's going to be taken from Jeremiah chapter 8. Bless God. The book of Jeremiah chapter 8. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 8, and we'll read verse 4, and then we'll jump down to verse 20 and 21. And I know you've been on your feet for a while, but if you don't mind, if we should just stand and honor the reading of God's word. Praise God. Jeremiah chapter 8, we'll read verse 4, and then we'll jump down to verses 20 to 21. And tonight I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version of the Bible. And it reads thus, Moreover, you, Jeremiah, shall say to them, and we enter when God is giving Jeremiah a word to give to his people. It says, Thus saith the Lord, Shall men fall and not rise up again? Shall Men fall. The NIV says, when people fall down, do they not get up? And the end of that verse, glory be to God, says, shall men fall and not rise up again? Shall one turn away from God and not repent and return to him? And verse 20 to 21, verse 21 to 22 rather says, for the hurt of the daughter of my people am I, Jeremiah, hurt. I go around mourning. Dismay has taken hold of me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is the health of the daughter of my people not restored? Because Zion no longer enjoyed the presence of the great physician. Verse 22 of the NIV says, Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? Bless God. And the sermon title for this evening is, Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no balm in Gilead? If you just bow your heads with me, Father, in the name of Jesus. We come before you, God, because you are our Father. 
We come before you, God, nothing in our hands we bring, but simply to the cross we cling. We come before you, God, and our prayer is that your will be done in this place, even as it is in heaven. Our prayer, Abba Father, is that your will be done. Your will be done. Let your will be done. Let your will be done. And we come against and we hold captive and we pull down everything that is standing in the way of the will of God. If flesh is standing in the way, we pull it down. If principalities and powers are standing in the way, we pull it down. Whatever it is, God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, everything hindering the will of God, we pull it down and we bring it under subjection right now. God, we are an ordained people for an ordained time and there's an ordained will that must be done and so we stand oh God almighty giving ourselves completely to you that you would have your way in Jesus name hallelujah glory be to God you may be seated in the presence of God hallelujah bless God and we all have frustrations we all have those things that that get under our skin. We all have those things that annoy us. And I would even go further so as to say, we all have those things that make us mad. Those things that make us indignant. And one of my things is seeing people not walk in purpose. Seeing people full of potential, living beneath what God has ordained. One of the things that make me indignant is watching people who have power and in whom God has deposited gifts live beneath what God has given to them. Why are we mediocre when God has called us to be the head? That bothers me. And so as we meet the prophet Jeremiah, I can almost imagine the burden that he was carrying for a people. His people, there was a burden that the man of God was carrying because what he knew to be true in his spirit was the manifesting. Something was wrong, something was off, something wasn't quite right. And so he says, I go around in dismay. I am mourning, I am burdened for the daughter of my people. I don't understand why this is taking place. I don't understand why my people, why my kindred, why is it that the people who know God are in the situation that they are in? Jeremiah is in anguish and he asks the question, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no 
physician there because we must understand that in order for the church to be the church, there must be healing taking place in the church. How can the church be the church if we are on the same page as those of the world? How are we to bring healing to those who do not know God if we ourselves are not healed? He says, how is it that those with access don't have the healing? Is there no bomb in Gilead? And you know, as I was looking at the meaning of the word balm, glory be to God, it talks about an anointing or an oil or a substance. And there was one definition that stood out to me because it was so profound. And it says this, and I really want you to pay attention because I don't know who wrote that, but the Holy Ghost was all over it. It says the balm is an oily substance which often came from making an incision in certain trees, and it was widely and effectively used in medicine, and some of its most common uses were cleansing and purging. And I thought, my God. Because you see, when we talk about the oil, I remember the anointing. He said it's an oily substance. And I went back to Psalm 23 when David says he anoints my head with oil. My cup is not full. It runs over. Glory be to God. And then it took me from the anointing with oil to the anointed one. Because by now, if we've been around for long enough, we know that Christ wasn't the surname of Jesus. It actually means the anointed one. So the oil is the anointed one. And it says the substance comes. The substance comes from making an incision. Oh, glory be to God. The substance comes. The oil comes from making an incision. Other words for incision is bruise, cut, wound. And it took me back. Glory be to God to Isaiah. Where he says he was wounded for Kotoyorabosa. He was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And somebody finished the rest for me. It says, by his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes. The New Living Translation says we are made a whole by the blows that he received. We are made a whole, somebody. We are made a whole by the blows that he received. And then it went on to say the oil comes from making an incision in certain trees. And that took me back to John where Jesus says, I am the true vine. Oh, come on, glory. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. And if he, he said, if you abide in me, if you abide in me, you shall bear fruit. Fruit, purpose. Purpose. If you abide in me, the true vine, you shall walk in purpose. 
going to touch. It said the, the oil is widely and effectively used. It is widely and effectively used. And I remember the word that says whosoever will. The word that says and to as many, to as many as would receive him. To them he gave power. To as many as would receive him, to them he gave power. There's no partiality in God. There's no partiality in the healing. There's, there is nothing and nobody, there's no situation that God cannot heal. So right now I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't know what hell you've been through. And I don't know what hell you're going through. But there's bomb for that. Tell your other neighbor, neighbor, I don't know what hell you've been through. I don't know what hell you're going through. But there's bomb for that. There's bomb for that. There's bomb for that. There's bomb for that. Come on, somebody. There is bomb for that. Because the revelation is this. That this bomb is the anointed one, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, by whose stripes we are healed. And what he does, he does it well. What he does, he does it well. It is 100% effective. It is 100% effective. It's not 99%. It's not 99.99999%. It is 100% effective. There's bomb for that. Goddess of Zion, there is bomb for whatever hell you've been through. There's bomb for that. There's bomb for that. So if there is bomb, as we now believe there is, the other part of Jeremiah's question comes to life. He says, so if there's bomb, is there none in Gilead? If there is bomb, because we know that there is, what's the problem? Is it that there is none here? Daughters of Zion, that question is so oxymoronic that it is almost blasphemous. Because Gilead is a type of the church. And if we say the bomb is our God, then how is it that there's no bomb in the house of God? How is it that there's no bomb in the house of the living God? Why are we as we are? And we know, if you're living for any time at all, that the enemy is as a roaring lion, going about, seeking whom he may devour. That's a fact. That's a given. But we know that we have a God. We know that we have a God. And as Jeremiah asked in verse 4, but when, not if people fall down. 
He said, but when people fall, do they not? Do they not get back up again? When people fall, when the enemy comes up against us, when the enemy tries to steal, kill, and destroy, do we not rise up again? Do we not rise up again? And I'll be honest with you, I'm not one of those who believe that every bad thing we go through has been ordained by God. I'm not one of those people who believe that every negative situation in our life is caused by God. Sometimes he will allow things to happen, but doesn't necessarily ordain them. But what I do know is that whatever the source of your problem is, God is still God, and he's still able to turn what the enemy meant for evil into good. What I do know is that out of evil can still come good because God is God. What I do know is that regardless of the source, there's bomb for that. It doesn't even matter if your situation is because of your own doing. There's bomb for that. It doesn't matter if your situation is as a result of what somebody else did. There's bomb for that. It doesn't matter if your situation is as a result of political structures or social structures. There's bomb for that. So why are we as we are? And I'm going to say that everything I say is said in love. But there are some of us, daughters of Zion, there are some of us that are going or walking around with, with stuff in our lives. Things that came out of our broken places. But one of the reasons that we're not healed is because we don't want to be healed. One of the reasons that we're not healed is because we don't really want to be like healed, healed. When Jesus met the man at the pool of Bethesda, lame for 30 some odd years, he didn't assume that the man wanted to be made whole. He asked him, do you want to? You see, just because some of us are in broken places doesn't mean that we want to be made whole. Sometimes all we want is for it to not hurt so much, but we don't really want to be deeply and profoundly healed. Because Jehovah God, our God, is known as Jehovah Rapha, God who healed. And the same God who is known as Jehovah Rapha is also known as Abba. Glory be to God. And he said in Matthew 7, if you ask, which of you, who if you ask your, your, your father for bread, will he give you snake or stone? He says, if your people, your earthly people who are evil, know how to give good gifts, how much more? How much more? How much more does your heavenly father, how much more will he give good gifts to us, his children? And we are here because we say we want bread. Because healing, we know from the word, is the children's bread. How is healing 
children's bread. When the Syrophoenician woman was looking for healing, met Jesus and asked him for healing, he says, woman, how can I take the children's bread and give it to dogs? She was asking for healing. He called it bread. Healing is the children's bread. But some of us don't want to be healed. Some of us don't want to be healed because we're walking around with stuff from our, 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 our places of brokenness and we don't want to let them go. We don't want to let them go. You know why? Because we think they're serving us. We think they're benefiting us. We don't want it to hurt, but we don't want to drop our walls because that's protecting me. We don't want it to hurt, but we don't want to change that attitude because, God, I had to develop that attitude in order to survive. And now that I've been surviving, I can't let that go. You see, when we were broken, we applied some home remedies. We didn't get the bomb. We applied our own home remedies and we learned to cope and we assumed that everything was fine. So now that the bomb wants to do the deep work, we say we're okay. We're, we're okay. This attitude is serving me. This behavior is serving me. This tendency is serving me. This cloak, this hardness, and I've heard it again and again today. This hardness, God, this is serving me. I had to do that to survive. I had to shield up. I had to armor up in order to survive. I had to make myself angry. I had to always set my face as flint in order to survive. So I can't let that go. Because if I drop my wall, God, I'm going to anything and everything can come in. And the worship leader asked the question, how many of us can say we trust God completely? Because you see, it's easy to trust him in some areas. But when it comes to some things that you developed to keep you sane, you don't know if you want him touching that. When it comes to some stuff that you've developed to protect yourself, you don't know if you want him going there. How do I know? Because I've been there. God, you can touch everything else, but don't touch that one. God, you can enter into every other place of my life, but don't take this away from me. This is what makes me strong. I can drop my armor. The enemy has fed us the lie that those behaviors, those proclivities, those tendencies, those attitudes, those things are serving us, and we bought that. But it's a lie because it's not serving us any longer. We're now serving it. Those things that we developed in order to protect us are now enslaving us. Those things that we developed in order to be strong and not have to go back to where we came from and not let anybody do anything to us again. Those things are no longer shielding us. They're hindering us. Your hardness. Your wall, that shield you developed to keep your heart 
to keep your heart protected. It is imprisoning you. You're not letting anybody in, but you cannot get out. Hallelujah. It's no longer a place of safety. It's a jail. You've become a slave to your protective factors, and you don't want to be healed because you don't want to drop that. You don't want to drop that because you think, we think that we need to protect ourselves. We've made decisions in our broken places. We've made decisions in our broken places and we've been holding on to those decisions for, I will never allow that to happen to me again. I will never go back there. I will never allow X, Y, Z to do that. I will never allow myself to be vulnerable. I will always be on top. Nobody's going to do that to me. And we've built walls. We've, we're walking in hardness. But it's not helping us. It's hindering us. But we don't want to drop it. Because we don't really want to be here. We don't really want to be healed. And I remember that oil in that alabaster box. You see, the oil had purpose. The oil was meant to anoint the body of Jesus for his burial. But until Mary broke that protective covering, Hallelujah. until Mary that thing that was supposed to be covering the oil, the oil would never fulfill its purpose. Your protection isn't helping you. It's hindering your flow. It's hindering the flow of your oil. Mary had to smash the box in order for the oil to flow. We need to smash our box, our hardness, our shield, in order to walk in purpose, because the oil will never flow through your shield. The oil will never flow through your shield. Some of us want to be healed, but we don't want to be broken. Some of us, we say we want to be healed, but we don't want to be broken. How are we going to be healed if we're not broken? What is he putting back together if we've decided to keep ourselves together? What is he putting back together if we've decided that we can do it all by ourselves? Our shields our stuff. You know that. You know what I'm talking about. You know that attitude. You know that behavior. You know that decision you made in your broken place. That even when God himself, even when the Holy Spirit is moving to, to, for you to break that down, you say, no God, not that one. You know that decision that you made in your broken place, that even when God is ministering to you about that, you say, no, God, not that one. I will yield to you in every other area, God, but not this one. 
every other thing, God, but not this one. Every other thing, God, but not, not this one. Not this one. Let me preserve myself. But I know the word of God says that he shall preserve my soul. He gets to preserve my soul. You see, when you become a child of God, you're no longer responsible for shielding yourself. He is a shield and a defender. He is a shield. You don't have to preserve yourself. He shall preserve your soul. Are we willing tonight to be broken so that we can be really healed? Are we willing tonight that, you know, and that the... the workshop this afternoon that I was in was so profound. And one of the things the speaker um, just talked about was just being open and being brutally honest with yourself and God. You don't have to tell everybody, but you can't play games with God. You don't have to tell everybody until he bids you to, but you can't pretend that nothing happened. It did happen. It did happen, but there's balm for that. There's balm for that. There's balm for that. So we ought to let some stuff go. And that's hard. That's hard. But while we're letting things go, daughters of Zion, I will also encourage you to let yourself go. Let yourself go. Forgive yourself. Some of you have been punishing yourself for years for something that you did so long ago and you're still holding yourself hostage. Let it go. Some of us, we, the spirit of condemnation is what is hindering us from walking in purpose. We've condemned ourselves and for years we're repenting of the same thing. And God is saying, I already forgave you the first time you asked. I let it go the first time you asked. It doesn't matter if you messed up. I forgive you. The blood covers that. Let it go. Forgive yourself. There is now therefore no more condemnation. But condemnation is stopping your flow. Forgive yourself. How long are you going to keep paying for something that you did so long ago? When Jesus already paid for that. He was wounded for your transgression. He already paid the price. It's okay to forgive yourself. It's okay to let yourself go. It's okay. God already forgave you. Are you more righteous than God that you should hold on to things that he's forgiven you for? Are you more righteous? Are you more holy than God that you should hold yourself in bondage for something that his blood already accounted for? There's balm for that. There's balm for that. There's balm for everything that you have ever done. All we have to do be 
bill for you. They paid the bill for you. But you're so, you feel so obliged to pay the bill again. And you pay the bill again. And you pay the bill again. And you just keep going back, paying the bill again and again. When somebody paid the bill, when somebody cleared your tab so long ago, it makes no sense in the natural. So why are we doing it in the spiritual? Why are we holding ourselves hostage to things, for things that God has already forgiven us for? The Bible says he will cast your sins into the sea of forgetfulness. Let it go. There's bomb for that. There's bomb for that. There's bomb for that. There's some of you, the Spirit of God is saying, who haven't forgiven yourselves because as mothers, you allowed your children, or you, you feel like what your child went through was a result of what you did or didn't do. And you've been paying for that for years. You've been allowing that to torment you for years. He says, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. There's some of you who have had things happen to you and somebody, somebody told you that it was your fault. Somebody told you that if you didn't do a certain thing or if you didn't act a certain way, then that would have never happened to you. Somebody lied to you and you believed it and you've been torturing yourself because you feel like you don't deserve forgiveness. You feel like you don't deserve another chance. God is saying, I've already taken care of that. There's bomb for that. Let it go. Let it go. It's okay. Whom the Son has set free, the song we're singing, is free indeed. He already paid the price. There is bomb for that. Let it go. And for some of us, because we haven't let things go, we say we're still standing, but we're standing stuck. We're not still standing, we're standing still. We're not still standing because when we talk about still standing, we're talking about the kind of standing that the woman did when she, when she, when she received her healing and she straightened herself and started giving God praise. She didn't just stand there. She did something. But some of us have been through some stuff and we're so paralyzed that we're standing still. We've made it out, but our hearts, our minds, our emotions are so mangled. That all we're doing is standing. We're disoriented. We made it out, but we're not yet too sure. We're afraid to live again. We're afraid to reach out again. We're afraid to trust. We are so fearful that the moment we, we, we rest in our victory, we rest in our healing, it's going to all come back again. So we're standing still instead of standing strong. We're standing still instead of standing strong. Glory be to God. And that's not the standing we want to do. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if that woman, that Samaritan woman, that Jesus met at the well when he, glory be to God, gave her healing and deliverance. Can you imagine? 
imagine if all she did was just stand there and not go back to the village and tell the people, come see a man. Can you imagine if all she did was just stand there because she's tormented by all the men that she's been through and possibly what all the women said and, and the, the regard or the lack of regard they had for her. Can you imagine that even after, that even after she's had an encounter with Jesus, that all she did was stand there? An entire city would be lost. She didn't just stand there. She didn't just stand there. God can heal paralysis. Some of you, you know that God has already healed you from the situation, but you're paralyzed. God can heal paralysis. He's saying it's time to get up and move. It's time to take up your mat and keep moving. It's time to stand strong where you've been standing still. It's time to stand strong where you've been standing still. And you know, I feel like the Spirit of God is saying tonight that it's time to drop off yokes. It's time to drop off the yokes. And, and you know, the last thing, why I think that some of us are not healed. And I will warn you that it's not very spiritual. But I really believe that for some of us, we're in the situation that we're in because we haven't gotten mad enough just yet. We haven't, righteous indignation hasn't welled up on the inside of us just yet. We haven't taken, we haven't looked back and taken stock of everything that the enemy has robbed us of and allow indignation to fill us. Because you see, the Bible tells us that he has given us power. God has given you power to trample. God has given you power to trample upon every, upon every serpent. He has given you power to trample upon every scorpion. You see, serpents and scorpions will poison, paralyze, and kill us. That's why they come. But God says that very thing that came to paralyze you, that very thing that came to poison you, that very thing that came to kill you, I am giving you the power to that very thing that came to destroy what I placed on the inside of you, I have given you power to trample it. I have given you power to destroy that serpent. I have given you power to tread upon it. I have given you the power. Lay hold on the power that I have given you. Come on, children of God. In the name of Jesus, it was sent to destroy you, but God gave you the upper hand. He sent daughter of Zion. Lay hold on that power and trample. Trample! Trample! That which was meant to destroy you. 
I know it came to poison you, but you can trample it. I know it came to destroy you, but you can trample it. I know it came to kill your purpose, but I've given you power to trample it. I'm not giving you power to speak to it. I'm not giving you power to touch it. I have given you power to trample it. But some of us haven't gotten mad enough yet because we like to be prim and proper. We like to be all put together. We like to, you know, you know our church face. We got our church face on and we got our church dress on. So we are not even paying attention to what the enemy is doing. But daughters of Zion, I strongly believe, and this is what the Spirit of God was laying on my heart again and again. It's not that you don't have the word, you've got the word. It's not that you haven't heard the message, you've heard the message. It's that you haven't gotten mad enough yet. It's that righteous indignation hasn't filled your heart just yet. When you look back on everything the enemy has stolen, when you look back on the generations that he's destroyed, when you look back on everything he's tried to poison, God is saying, I gave you power to trample that serpent. I gave you power to trample that scorpion. I gave you power to trample that which was meant to destroy you. What is your serpent? What is your scorpion? What is your serpent tonight? What are you prepared to trample for your generations? What are you prepared to trample for your children? What are you prepared to say to tonight? Enough! 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 We've had enough! It ends here! It ends now! It ends tonight! Not one more generation! Not one more generation! Not one more daughter in my lineage! Not one more cousin! Not one more auntie, not one more. Tonight I'm gonna tread upon you. Tonight I'm gonna trample you. Tonight in the name of Jesus, it ends with me. No, 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 I'm not here to play cute. I didn't come here, I didn't spend my money. I didn't leave my house to come here and not trample every poisonous serpent, every demon, everything. God gave me the power and I'm gonna use it. God gave me power, and I'm going to use it. God gave me power, and I'm going to use it. What is your serpent? What is your scorpion? What are you getting mad about tonight? What are you getting mad about tonight? What is it? What is it? What do you have to get mad about tonight? What has the enemy been doing? What has the enemy been doing? And God is saying, I brought you here so it can end with you. I brought you here so it can end with you. I brought you here to trample. I brought you here to train. I brought you here to pull down strongholds. I brought you here to break generational curses. I brought you here to destroy. Hey, I wish somebody would get up and trample. I wish somebody would get up and trample. I wish somebody would get up and trample. Trample it. Trample it.
when you've been going around that mountain for years, there's been some, there's sometimes when you watch, it happened to your grandmother. It happened to your mother. It happened to you. It happened to your daughter. There comes a time when you have to say, daughter of Zion, enough, enough, enough in the name of Jesus, enough, because you've given me power. You've given me power, and if you gave me power to destroy, I'm going to use the power. If you gave me power to trample on what was meant to kill me, I'm going to use the power. And under my feet, under my feet, under depression belongs under your feet. Anxiety belongs under your feet. That the residue of divorce, it belongs under your feet. That struggle with sexual addiction, it belongs under your feet. That decision, that attitude that is holding you in hostage, it belongs under your feet. Is there anybody that is willing to trample some stuff in their lives? Is there anybody who wants to say, I'm done? You've destroyed for long enough. You've done it for long enough. I am done. God gave you power. God gave you moko power not to sit, not to speak kindly, but to trample. To trample. What is your serpent? What is your scorpion? Are you going to leave this place with it still alive? Are you going to leave this place with your scorpion and your serpent still alive after God gave you power to trample it? Are you going to leave this place with those things that are plaguing you still standing strong when God gave you the authority to take it down? He says, look, it's trying to kill you here. Destroy it. He says, I'm giving you the power to destroy it. He says, I'm giving you the power to destroy it. I'm giving you the power, the power to trample guilt. The power to trample fear. The power to trample shame. The power to trample it. I am giving you the power to trample it. I am giving you the power to trample it. I am giving you the power to trample it. And there are times when we come into the house of God and we hear the word of God and we think it's for everybody else but me. It's for everybody else but me. It's for everybody else but me. But God is saying, I brought you here because I wanted to speak to you. I didn't bring your sister. I didn't bring your, your church sister. I didn't bring your friend. I brought you here because I wanted to speak to you. I have given you the power to trample everything that was meant to destroy you. Will you grab a hold of it? The definition says that the power is widely, the bomb is widely and effectively used 100% of the times. 
And you're going to make yourself the exception to what is already the rule. Are you going to leave without your healing? Are you going to leave this place without receiving the bomb that is available for your situation? Tonight, I want to call out insecurity. Tonight, I want to pray for everyone who is dealing with that spirit of insecurity. And I'm going to tell you why. Because that's a thing that's been plaguing me for a long time. And I was here with Jem and Jess and Shireen. We were here for a conference in October of last year. And that time I finally got mad enough. And I said, you know what I'm going to do, enemy? I'm going to make you live to regret. I'm going to make you regret you ever came against me with insecurity. Because if you think I'm going to get healed and go away quietly, you made a sad mistake. I am going to ensure that you regret you ever came up against me telling me that I wasn't good enough. I'm going to make you regret every time you made me doubt what God put on the inside of me. I'm going to make you regret every time you told me that I wasn't good enough, I wasn't qualified enough. Every time you made me curl up in my shell when God gave me authority, I'm going to make you regret it. I have a personal vendetta against insecurity. And I want to pray for every single person struggling with insecurity tonight. Can you come to the altar? Can you come to the altar? Because you see, the enemy keeps us from purpose by telling us, you're not good enough. Do you know where you've been? Do you know where you came from? You're not, you're not qualified. You're not good enough. How many times have I called myself an idiot? How many times have I told myself that I was stupid? I'm not talking about before I got saved. I'm talking about after I got saved. The enemy kept telling me that I wasn't good enough and I was always comparing myself to other people because I never believed what God put on the inside of me. God has purpose for you. God has purpose for you. God has purpose for you. And you are enough. You are. What the enemy has been telling you is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. And I told him I'd make him live to regret it. And tonight in the name of Jesus, we're breaking off every spirit of insecurity. Every single person at this altar is going to live fully secure in who God has called them to be in. That I don't care where you've been or what you've been through. You are uniquely created, divinely crafted for purpose. For too long, you've run away 
from your purpose because the enemy told you, not you. Not you. Not you. Maybe somebody else, but not you. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You don't come from the right background. You've been through too much. You, you're worthless. You're, 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 you've been abused. You've been messed up. No good can come from it. It's a lie. Daughter of God, it's a lie. It is a lie. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I declare and decree that yokes of insecurity are being broken up right now. I declare and decree. I know sometimes we ask to do some crazy things, but if you could just stamp your feet, can you just stamp your feet and trample on insecurity for me tonight? Trample on insecurity. Somebody say insecurity, you're under my feet. Insecurity, you're under my feet. Insecurity, you're under my feet. I am who God says I am. I am who God says I am. I am more than a conqueror. I am joined yes, with Christ. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am the first and not the last. I am the righteousness of God. Christ Jesus, He given me power. I am enough. I am healed. I am whole. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Insecurity, you gotta go. Trample it. Trample it. Trample it. Trample it. Trample it in the name of Jesus. Trample it in the name of Jesus. Trample it. Trample it in the name of Jesus. Say, I am more than a conqueror. I am who God says I am. I am healed. I am victorious. I am worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy of the anointing. The blood of Jesus makes you Give you power! 
Remember to subscribe so that you get notified immediately when we have a new episode. For more information or to contact us, visit our website at imstillstandingseries.com. Standing for so long, I forget I stand tall. top of thorny pass, I do my heart last. Mm-hmm.